Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ghosts in the Magazine. I'm Jay. And I'm Steph. And today we are celebrating the 31st anniversary year, that is, because we don't know the exact day, of Silence of the Lambs. But, but, but first, you know why we're celebrating this? Because it's June. And, that and means what's in June, Steph? Jay's birthday! Is my birthday. And I requested more slashers, even though, on retrospect, this is a thriller. Okay, I'm glad that you said that, because I was trying not to be that guy while I was watching it, and I was like, is this even a slasher, though? But I'm not going to say anything. Jay picked it as his birthday month. It so is. It's, it, it is a thriller. It's not a slasher. It's a psychological horror more than anything else. And I think that's because of how dangerous arming a serial killer with the means to get inside your head is. And that's what we get with Dr. Hannibal Lecter. He's a doctor. He is. And he's played by Anthony Hopkins, which I feel like the last time we recorded, we were talking about Anthony Hopkins as a priest. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He wasn't eating people in that movie. but That we know of. Well, you are correct. We don't know what he got up to when he was possessed. Also, he may have eaten some of those cats. There are a lot of them. Cats aren't vegan? <laughs> okay, so let's start with... Steph, are you all right? Do you need a second? No, I'm great. All right, <laughs> let's start with the plot. So we open with Clarice climbing up a hill, doing this whole um, course uh like this track with the fbi yes but i immediately my brain started going to x-files because that's the only reference for fbi things that i have i don't think i realized fbi training is like like in the fbi academy it's like uh basic training in the army is that real is that real life yeah yeah it's like i went in with most of my knowledge coming from mind hunter and <laughs> criminal minds so oh, like okay. I'm, I was very comfortable knowing that, like, it's not called the Behavioral Science Unit anymore. It's, because, it's called the BAU, but it's not even called that anymore. It's called BAU2, the Behavior Analysis Unit 2, because they got a sequel. Yeah. I'm like, what happened to the first one? Did it catch it's fire? Come a, it's come a long way in 50 years. I mean... My eye just <laughs> rolled out of my head there. Um, but Clarice is called into the office of... Crawford. Crawford. Yes, Jack Crawford. She was called in the office of Jack Crawford uh, and sent on a special assignment to interview Dr. Hannibal Lecter. This is part of the um, FBI's interviewing serial killers program that happened around the 70s and 80s. They talked to Charles Manson. They talked to um, Ted Bundy. They talked to a load of different ones. But talking to Hannibal Lecter in the 90s is it's different because he's a psychologist he can get inside your head okay and i just feel like crawford was a dickhead and what's crazy about it is that um he's like a charming dickhead like when you first see him he's immediately like really well spoken he's like the least overtly creepy out of all of them 
he's a product of the machine that he's a part of. You know, he's this gray suited, bespeckled, silver haired old white guy. Yeah. Uh, he is as FBI as you can imagine. Yes, like Detective Skinner in X Files. Sorry. <laughs> I bring everything FBI or, back to X Files. Or Hotch in Criminal Minds. Okay, we're going. Sure. Uh, except, yeah, Skinner was like a little less. Sorry. Skinner was a little less daddy than this guy. This guy was like ultra daddy. And it's creepy because they have all of these scenes of Clarice. I love watching movies. I I saw this when I was an actual child, like between 10 and 15. And so I love revisiting these movies when I'm, you know, older in my 30s because I have such a different reaction to it. There were, I thought it was gross. There's so many scenes of Clarice being a bad bitch, first of all, unfazed, but of all of these dudes who are much larger than her, looking at her sideways and putting her into shitty situations. And this was obviously the biggest shitty situation. Well, so much of this film is filmed from an eye line. Like it's inside Clarice's head or it's inside someone else's head and it's them talking to camera. It's a complete like the meal gears put on the audience and it's mm-hmm. meant to be uncomfortable it's meant to um unnerve you and you see that through clarice's reaction when she's talking to crawford initially she is avoiding looking at him she is mm-hmm. fidgeting she is avoiding looking at the camera even when she does look in the camera and talk to the audience she's looking just slightly off whereas crawford is always dead center and like lecter he hardly fucking blinks yes okay yes there is just another scene i want to point out that's like that when she goes up to his office she gets into the elevator and every other surrounded, person surrounded by like two foot tall meals yeah in red shirts looking down at her and she's just like yeah <laughs> and even whenever she's running to uh to crawford's office like so many film, so many scenes in this film, it's always pitting Clarice against men or men looking yeah. at her sideways or checking yes. her out. Uh-huh. And what's brilliant about this is in the opening scene, you have her running up that steep hill, her pulling herself up. It's very much representative of um, a woman trying to make it in this male-dominated environment, especially whenever they're not physically imposing, because. Clarice is like Jodie Foster, God help her, has been put up alongside very tall men throughout this film. Mm-hmm. Like the whole movie. it's It was very frustrating for me as a tiny woman, but it just makes like her character so much more wonderful and the end of this movie so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to the plot. Clarice goes to talk to Lecter for the first time and has to get to him through the owner of the sanatorium, Dr. Chilton. Dr. Chilton is a fuck man. He He immediately starts talking about how fucking attractive she is and like how Crawford's smart sending in like a hot young lady and to turn Lecter on. Lecter don't give a shit about what Clarice looks like. That's what makes... You know what? Um... At one point, actually, I think it was in Red Dragon, um, someone considered, or someone says the words that uh, they think Lecter is homosexual. 
just because of all his artsy fartsy stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Lecter works on the same level that we do. He's not. If he is sexually attracted to people, fine. I think he's ace, like, bro. I think yes, he's on the ace. Maybe, Spectrum. maybe because not to talk about what's coming in the future, but it, it, these this film is very much driven by the inbuilt, like very animal focused on sex. Can I say that? That's allowed. Yeah. No. Oh no. I mean, <laughs> like, do you do you agree with like that? <laughs> Because everyone but the two people that are in prison, uh, Lecter and Buffalo Bill, who we will get to, everyone but these two criminals are obsessed with sex in a hierarchy sort of thing. You've got all these cops talking about how it's a sex crime. You've got Jack Crawford sending in a pretty young woman to unnerve Lecter. You've got Dr. Chilton thinking the same way and asking her out the same with the guy at the uh, the bug guy you remember the bug professor oh, okay. he does the exact same thing we'll talk about him in a bit we'll talk about okay. him in a bit okay. but they're all obsessed with her as a woman they're obsessed with her as an object rather than a person yes, but, but when we get to me because everyone in this movie acts like they've never seen another woman and with fine ass Casey Lemons right behind her through this entire movie who was in Candyman and Vampire's Kiss by the way both of which we've covered like Mm -hmm. it's madness (laughs) (laughs) but we get to Lecter and I think I'm I'm not shooting too far in saying that Lecter is the first person who evaluates Clarice for what she is, not as yeah. an object, not even as like he does try to demean her. He drags her down just to fuck with her. Sure. But every time after their first interaction, he is nothing but courteous, even if he's trying to play mind games. And it doesn't, I don't think it phases her. No. They have like this really cool thing going on together like a dynamic you want them to be friends yeah but not not lovers but friends no, you know like, I mean? like really good friends okay like the vision i have is like hannibal lecter is like one of those vampires from the vampire chronicles you know he lives this strange life that's not really connected time-wise the same as other people because i really feel like he lives in this other world and so mm-hmm. he'll keep Clarice in the back of his mind and every now and then he's like I know exactly where she is and I'm gonna ring her just to remind her I'm out here you know what it is it's the master and the doctor <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't the podcast for that uh, I'm gonna so, hold that inside <laughs> Clarice goes in past two serial killers one of them called Migs and she has a good conversation with Lecter where Lecter tears her down and tries to send her on a way on her way like fuck off you're not gonna get inside my head as she's leaving migs does something that hurts steph to her core wait i'm not ready yet because migs like inserts himself as a gross right away because and lecter doesn't let her ignore it either because he's like what did migs whisper to you and she says so professionally oh he's Never mind. I'm he not. said, say it in a country accent. No. <laughs> yeah, she's West Virginian. Say it in that accent. He said, 
I can smell your cunt. <laughs> and and Lecter says, I myself cannot, and then starts sniffing the holes in the glass. Yeah, to fuck with her. That's <laughs> what Lecter's all about, is it to mentally me. unnerve you. It mentally unnerved me. And I know we're spending so much time in the beginning and we can fight through, but because when she first comes around the corner and that first view of Hannibal Lecter and he's just standing there like this, scared the pants off of me. Standing straight, smiling and watching her. Something you will <laughs> notice throughout this film is that Hannibal Lecter tries, or Anthony Hopkins tries very, very hard not to blink. <sighs> in a similar way to how Jim Carrey in East Ventura wore all these bright colorful clothes to try and appear like a bird. That's how you did your hair like that. Yeah, that's why I did my hair like that. He's peacocking. Um, that's why uh, Lect- That's why Anthony Hopkins chose not to blink or try not to blink while he was filming. He wanted to Lecter to appear more re- reptilian, more cold. Oh, he did rather than as a human being. Um. So as she's leaving, Miggs is on his bunk, and she- all we see here is him saying that he cut himself. Does she want to see? And Clarice is slowly leaving. And what's very obvious is that Miggs has been masturbating. And he throws something at Clarice's face that sets off everyone on the wing. And Lecter calls her back because he cannot stand... There's one thing he hates. It's people who are rude or just terrible for no reason. And it's very rude to throw jizz in a bitch's eye when she's just trying to leave. It's uncouth, as he would say. <laughs> Jeez. Well, she runs back. He gives him some, he gives her some clues about where she should start looking to help with the Buffalo Bill case. Buffalo Bill is our other killer in this show. Um, he's on the loose. He is killing women, cutting off parts of their skin. He's killing size 14 women, to be specific. Well, one of them was size 14 anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe after this, we get to see the flashback of what happens to Clarice um, about her backstory that she, her dad was a sheriff um, that she had a good childhood with him. And then he got killed in a robbery, which we find out later. Like they, Lecter wants to know more about Clarice's life to get inside her head because his first attempt at knocking her down using class, using sex, um, it failed. He wants to get in there and get in deeper into her subconscious about what can I do to fuck with this person? Because that's what Lecter is. He just plays with people. So Clarice uh, and Jack Crawford get called to another murder. Uh, The body had been in water for like a long time so it was mm-hmm. bloated and smelled they get there and they walk into a funeral home mm-hmm. because there's no big morgue in a small town they're going to the back room and then they get stopped by like a wall of police and the chief talks to jack and jack says i'd rather we discuss this in private and they both look at clarice like this is not fit for a woman's ears yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first issue is that there were so many cops. Small town rules, especially in a thriller or a horror movie, there's not a lot of cops. Mm. And for them all to be in that one, 
they didn't need that many cops. And then for all of them to be looking at her crazy. Yeah, they're all looking down at her. And that again is going to that unnerving place of they're looking straight at the audience and it just makes you want to avert your eyes. You want to look away first. So uh, they look at the body and they get Clarice to describe it, which I feel is really weird. Like I get that it might be like a training thing for Crawford to like get her to to describe the the things because she's gonna have to see them in future no, as an FBI agent. Of, no, he makes a lot of weird weird choices with her. I think they're all like gross and intentional. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. feel like he uses her a lot, and like he also is kind of fucking with her. Um, she doesn't need to go through that to prove that she can be an FBI agent. So that was really a personal choice that he made. As You're a right. Dickhead. You're right. He is a dickhead. Mm-hmm. They roll the cadaver onto their stomach, and there's these weird, like, big diamond patterns on their back. It makes me itchy. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes me itchy. But then they roll again back onto the stomach and they find something at the back of their throat. Yeah, because she takes a picture of the teeth and she's the only one, I feel like, who has half a brain. Yeah. Honestly. She's the only one, I think, as well, that looks at this poor dead body as if it's an actual person. Yes. Because she is gagging, describing what is being done to this person. And the rest, um, two tall lads from the FBI and like a mortician they've probably seen worse but they're very much treating it as if it's just a thing rather than it was a person and I don't like that so it's like a a bug cocoon in this girl's throat oh we skipped ahead and completely missed the head in the jar oh yeah there was a head in a jar in in a storage facility the end yeah yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lecter starts talking about Buffalo Bill and uh, Clarice tells him, look, tell me about this guy. She tells about her childhood. He says that Buffalo Bill thinks they're trans, but they're not. Yes. And and Which, uh, I don't think that this can be, oh, this, this kind of took it in a different direction for me that I had to like not associate with because it did way too much watching in in this time as opposed to the time that it was made to like humanize Buffalo Bill. Like the book was written after what fucking the killer Ed Gein was out and about. The film came out in 1991. Like 30 odd years have passed. There's a lot that's gone on since. Obviously Buffalo Bill is a disturbed individual. Might not have been trans. Might have been. But But I feel like they should just assume that he is. Especially if, if he made the distinction that hey, there's probably all of these all of these um, hospitals that do like gender reassignment and things like that. That this person has probably gone to them every single one and been turned away. The three of them, yeah. So Lector like says the th- top three in the country, all of, he was turned down at all. And my thing is, he had to have had some serious gender dysphoria to literally cut the skin off of ladies to make a lady suit. You know what I mean? I agree with you, but also I remember who this is based on, uh, the serial killer, Ed Gein. Okay, but so like if it's that, and, but the way they portray it here. Um, yeah. I think in the book, actually Lecter tips off Clarice and says he wants to make a vest with tits. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with, or if it is, I think it's very much like you could downplay it a lot because it's very damaging to trans people. It's yeah. very damaging to that group because they're portraying them as mentally ill or or yes disturbed that's the issue that i was having there at that moment watching this movie it's so damaging because you're making it seem like trans people are are like dangerous and will go through these lengths if they can't get what they want and Mm -hmm. that's not okay it's fine it's fine describing a cishet person as in saying when they do something that is Mm -hmm. terrible it's fine portraying them that way in media if you're portraying trans people like that because they don't get a lot of representation that's damaging Mm -hmm. during this time buffalo bill kidnaps another girl who just so happens to be the daughter of the senator of tennessee who is another woman and something that i've noticed throughout this film is that women are constantly treated in their relationships to men or their relationships to others. They're not treated as individual as they should be. And I feel like that is a commentary about the society that this film was made in rather than this is the filmmakers making these statements because Clarice is a daughter to everyone. Like she is her, the daughter of a sheriff. Catherine, who is the latest victim that was kidnapped, she's treated as a daughter to the senator. The senator, whenever Lecter meets her, asks about her breastfeeding Catherine as a child. She's treated as a mother. They're all treated through this sort of, you are being raised for one thing, or you are only defined by your relationship to men. Yeah. Which is really shitty, but also really plays into that idea of, uh, this is how... This film is trying to show you the female's perspective of what it's like being raised in a misogynist society. Clarice goes to check on this, find out what this moth is. She brings it to the okay. Pittsburgh Zoo. Or the I'm Pit- ready. Not the Pittsburgh Zoo. The I Pittsburgh mean, it might as well be Museum. the way these men were acting like fucking animals, okay? She's a professional. I mean, they call her Agent Starling, okay? Agent, not like, hey, yo, girl, what's up? And, you know, she's there with a mission and she handles it with so much grace. But this bug-eyed motherfucker, <laughs> no pun intended. No, no he pun. did. He did. He did. <laughs> it's all up in her face like, do you ever go out for cheeseburgers and shit? And she's like, are you hitting on me? He's I like, believe, yeah. <laughs> I believe the exact words were, do you ever go out for cheeseburgers and soda? Or yeah. the amusing house wine? Um, so... <laughs> cheeseburgers and shit i don't know i don't want your fucking house line tell me what this bug is so that i can do my fucking job there's a girl been kidnapped and a bunch of them been murdered already dude the fuck and then it's surprising to see both of them at the end of the graduation ceremony Ugh, just after this clarice offers lecter a fake deal to get him away from Dr. Chilton and this little bullshit place to get him to a beach. So she gives the deal. Lecter agrees and helps her a little bit. During this time, Dr. Chilton has been listening in and he decides to ring the senator himself. 
The senator says she's never heard of such a deal. But Chilton strikes one up with her. What a stupid, stupid idiot, man. Agreed. Lecter gives the first name to Chilton, but says he'll only give the second one of the person to the sender himself. And so it's Lecter's holiday to Memphis, <laughs> which strikes me as a little bit weird because I've been at that airport. <laughs> oh, have you? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I've not been in that hangar, but I've been in that airport. Well. So Lecter gets there. He gets a deal. And uh, during his stay, he's kept at the county courthouse on, like, the top floor in this specially built little box prison. It wasn't built good enough. And the people weren't trained well enough. Don't let... No, what I was going to say to you was that's actually... um, that was a filmmaker choice because the bars are too far apart. They're meant to be close together in real life. They were made that way so that you could see both of the actors' eyes at the same time and it wouldn't be like cut off by a bar. Yeah, valid. That's a valid filmmaking choice. But as someone who's looking and thinking, wow, um, you have this high security prisoner that be eating people who just kind of exist in his presence. And um, you only got <laughs> this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Clarice zooms out there to talk to Lecter. Uh, during this time, Chilton's holding a press conference outside because that's who he is. The rest of the rest of the Memphis police are looking for a Mr. Louis Friend, which is an anagram for fool's gold because Clarice, good with anagrams. <laughs> Good thing, thank God for Clarice. Am I right? Like, thank God yeah. for your student, mm-hmm. bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. During this time, Jack Crawford is looking for death moths and who could get them sent into the country because they're originally from Asia. They find out that it's someone with the initials JG or GM Gum, I think it is, yeah. that they're looking for. Um, and they go to his last known address. The FBI are reading his last known address. Clarice has this nice tete-a-tete with Lecter. Um, It is nice. I think it's one of the strong points of the film, this sort of their first conversation with a glass between them. And then Clarice gets escorted out by George Romero. What? Yeah, George Romero is one of the guys dragging her out of there. He's the bearded guy. Okay, I need to go back and watch that scene. Yeah. Lecter stages his disappearance. Uh, He picks the lock on his handcuffs and he beats one of the police officers to death after biting the face off the other one. And then he takes a pen knife and chops your man's face off. And there's this wonderful escape scene where they're like, oh my God, he's still alive. The whole end of this movie is fucking It's not him. It's not him. That whole realization, like... Mm-hmm. And the ambulance when he tears the face off. Yes. I love that. I love I love it. And, like, yeah, he eats people. I, but I was, like, really rooting for him. And I'm, like, rooting for him to just be out there and behave himself. You know what's but, weird? It's Anthony Hopkins' charisma and charm yeah. that really wins you over. I don't think that you would get that from the books, or even from Maz Michelson in the TV series. No. I think it's purely 
Anthony Hopkins. Mads is not the same, respectfully. This man killed these dudes and then covered in blood. He's like... Ready when you are, Agent Pemberley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such... Even when he's killing you, he's very charming. So, job done. Uh, Clarice discovers that her by herself, through some detective work, that he's making... Buffalo Bill's making a suit out of these girls. She rings Jack. Jack tells her to go and check up with the last known contact of the girl that the first victim. She does and leads her to Buffalo Bill's house, where Catherine, the one in the pit, has he puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> she has she has his crusty-eyed little white dog, which we've all Precious. seen. We all we all know someone who owns a precious dog. Yeah. We all want to kick that dog. It's true. My grandpa had a, um, a black one called Princess. And basically the same. Basically the same dog. My sister has one called Danny. And I want to boot it up the hole quite often. But we don't, we don't do that. We don't. Violence against no. animals. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no. We don't. Even no. if we want to, we don't. But violence against Buffalo Bills? Yes. Yes. We get our first. Oh, we completely glossed over the best part of this film, which is the. The scene Dance. was okay. And he tucks and he's like, Will you do me? I do me. I do me so hard. And when I hear that, I only think about the family guy parody of Chris yeah. doing it. And so that makes it better. You know for why me. that is? Why that scene exists is because Seth Green, whenever he went in to pitch the voice of Chris, he just did an impression of Buffalo Bill. I didn't know that. Uh, did he do the whole impression like with the tuck or. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I wish no, I he didn't know. like. He didn't. Oh talk. God! No, but okay. he started to do the voice of Chris as though he were. <laughs> this ends with Clarice going round in the basement. Gum turns the lights off, gets the night vision goggles, and he really and is following her. her. Yeah, but if he following her slowly with the gun, and then with the click of the gun, she turns around, hears it, shoots him dead. Shoots him. Now everybody knows that she's a boss ass bitch because she's the one who. The men in this movie, okay, all I'm going to say is they were dropping their balls all over this movie. And good thing Clarice doesn't need any. So she didn't have shit to hold on to. She didn't even carry a purse. So she did the thing. Even, like, with this... <sighs> that story about the lambs screaming that she told about, like, her... Mm -hmm. That was a lot. Yeah. It was like she has gone through shit, but yeah. she has she has continuously proved herself as very capable. Even whenever she didn't save the lamb, you're like, you took the initiative to go down there and steal one of them. And yeah, run with it. you tried, like, little baby. You, you, you tried. Job. Like you get like you understand that this woman has come through so much adversity and that she is on top of her game. Yeah, she found the killer, even though she got jizz thrown in her eye. Like, if when I tell you that if that had been me, I got jizz thrown in my eye, I would have quit. Fuck this academy, I'm leaving. I don't give a shit. Jizz in my eye? You, I didn't say that. Well, to. you would have stayed on, provided you were the one that got to kill Miggs and not himself. I mean, that's a fair trade. So the film ends at Clarice's graduation ceremony with a phone call from Dr. Lecter himself in what looks like a third world country and i'm just saying can you imagine in a post 9 11 world trying to get from america to anywhere 
without a passport. No. Exactly. This is why it could only be made in 1991. Right, with his horrible wig and his little hat. His, his Panama, his Panama Jack, and his Panama hat. And that's what is so satisfying about the end of this film, and it's because of Anthony Hopkins' charm that we're rooting for him to kill Chilton. Yes, because that guy was a dickhead. But if someone else was playing, like, for example, the director originally wanted Sean Connery. No. By Hannibal Lecter. No. If it was Connery going to kill Chilton, would we feel as happy as we do about the fact that Chilton is going to get his comeuppance and it's going to come in Lecter's hands, who we like now? No. Respectfully, I don't care about Sean Connery. I'm sorry, Mr. Connery. No, you don't have to apologize. He's, he's dead now, isn't he? Is he? I suck. That was so rude. No, I... Okay. And... <laughs> so oh, that's our episode. Think... Steph, do you have anything else to add? Yeah. Um, I just want to gas up Clarice a little more, even though she doesn't need it from me. Um, shout out to her innovation trying to bust into that storage unit. And the guy who was with her was like, uh, you know, you're working too hard. We can come back tomorrow and I can have my son. And she's like, well, what about your fucking driver? He's huge. And he's like, oh, no, he detests physical labor. And she's like, all right, stay right here. And she gets the jack. And I'm like, I yeah. literally yell to work smarter, she's, not harder, boys. <laughs> she's such a capable person. Like, and that shows her intelligence, as so many other examples in this film do, about the fact that she finds the storage locker herself. She she's just that. very very capable and she proves time and again that she belongs in the fbi more than any other fucking person she's running the fbi okay and i'm not saying that just because she's a uterus haver and um, no harm to julianne moore who plays her in hannibal mm, 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 mm. but this is hashtag my clarice <laughs> i ship it I approve of this message. And then real quickly before we end, two more instances with this whole Clarice versus men thing. Okay. One of them was when she was running with Casey Lemons. I can't remember her freaking name in this movie. She says it a couple of times. I can't remember. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The yeah. group of men that once they pass her, they all look back at them. They're jogging. They're dressed up to the neck, dude. There's like maybe a little bit of wrist showing, you know, and they're like, you know, protected. The bubs aren't bouncing around and whatever. And they literally, the the bobs. It's like, were you trying to say bobble and then stop? Yeah, you know, the boobs, they're not boobing. They're literally just there to fucking learn and grow and be um, badasses. And all the men literally almost break their fucking necks. To It's gross. But then the other thing is Chilton. When he Creepy starts- <laughs> ass motherfucker with his, with his Severus Snape haircut. His Severus Snape haircut and his weird teeth. He's just a weird, like that creepy smiling guy, just the big old teeth. He's just a creep. And um, he brings her down there and she's like, wait a minute. If Lecter views you as his enemy, maybe I should go in there by myself. And he literally full body turns to her and says with his chest, you know, you, you could have saved me some time and suggested that in my office. Um, use your fucking brain and ooh, ooh, 10 minutes it saved you. While we're on the subject of just that scene, the one unproblematic man in this entire film, Barney. Who's Barney? 
Is he the black guy? The black, the yes. black guy. Yes. I didn't catch his name, but literally right after this scene, she's going in I there did, and Barney's like... I didn't catch his name. It, his literal first line is, hi, I'm Barney. Jay, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it, okay? Anyways, Barney's like, don't worry. I'm going to be watching you. Like, you're going to be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, this other guy's like, fine. You don't want to kiss me on the mouth and you don't want to be sweet to me? Fuck you. I'm going to my office. That's all. Well, he said, this town can be pretty fun if you've got a good guy. It's oh, like, I want to oh, no, literally stop. chop his body up and put him in garbage tools. I'm not kidding. There's no charm in his smile. It's just predatory. Well, because he literally immediately starts like that. Hey, you're hot. Are you staying the night? Ah. No. And then you've got Lecter out there who's drawing like Renaissance portraits of her. Yes. <laughs> Regardless of how many people he murdered and ate, he's like the only one besides her friend that treated her with the respect that she deserved before she graduated. He only had rude people. Well, then you know what that means, everybody? Just don't be fucking rude and you won't be eaten by a cannibal. This has been another episode of Ghost in the Magazine. Steph, where can they find you? Me? In the abyss. Apart from from there in Florida. (laughs) Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at WitchX Pudding. And as far as this podcast, we have a website now. It's ghostinthemagazine.site. <laughs> it's also on Twitter at GATM Podcast. We're also on TikTok. Oh, yeah. You can also find us on TikTok at Ghost in the Mag Podcast. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Atlas underscore snow. Okay, bye. so i'll just start from you can find us on tiktok and you fill it in yeah okay okay this whole uh this whole Clarice versus men thing okay (laughs) so that's our episode Steph do you have anything else to add yeah um I just want to gas up Clarice a little more even though she doesn't need it from me um shout out to her innovation trying to bust into that storage unit and the guy who was with her was like, uh, you know, you're working too hard. We can come back tomorrow and I can have my son. And she's like, well, what about your fucking driver? He's huge. And he's like, oh, no, he did test physical labor. And she's like, all right, stay right here. And she gets the jack. And I'm like, I yeah. literally yelled to work smarter, she's, not harder, boys. <laughs> she's such a capable person. Like, and that shows her intelligence, as so many other examples in this film do, about the fact that she finds the storage locker herself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 